CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome back in here to the shoot around. I am Ryan Gilbert. He is Clint Stewart. We are back. It's been a few weeks, but uh, with football season wrapping up, me and Clint will be coming at you every week here on GoPowerCat, breaking down K-State hoops. Obviously, a lot has gone on. Over the last couple of weeks, Kansas State picking up some key wins, a couple of losses on the resume as well. We'll be breaking down all of that and taking a look at what K-State can do moving forward. Much like the Friday uh, walkthrough with Cole Carmody and Monty Spiller, we are also sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Remember to elevate your tailgate this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Their ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic uh, Wagyu beef from table from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan or Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagoo.com. Clint, um, I guess let's just start off with a brief, a brief over, overview of the season as a whole. A trip to Las Vegas, a trip to Bahamas. A lot has gone on for this team. Some good, some bad. What have your just initial thoughts been? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, in, in, in the road games, um, a little bit different than the normal road games when you're, you know, having to travel and kind of getting to play in some some nice locations as well, uh, but also could, you know, cause some different type of distractions, you know, in being being in those locations. But I thought our thought K State man, you know, they really battled. You know, one of the things that that you notice is, um, you know, I think. You might say, well, it's kind of starting off slow in, in some spot in some spots, but you know the guys are, are trying to learn each other. You know, as, as they're going and, and playing, and um, you know, I think it's similar to how we kind of started off last year. And so, um, you know, I think we're in a good, good spot as we're heading into an, another tough stretch uh, here here coming up, um, but but have some really good opportunities to to get some good non conference wins, and then uh, that on our resume as as we head into the Big Twelve season. So, um, I think. Biggest thing for us, um, you know, you'd like to see us cut down on our turnovers a little bit um, as we're heading into the, the next few games. Um, I think we've had a few games where we've shot it really well, um, some where we haven't. Um, and so hopefully the shooting consistency can be there um, and then continue to guard. Got to, got to continue to guard. Um, you know, I think that's that's got to be the staple on, on that end is getting stops on the defensive end. So some good things and also some learnings as we're heading into the next stretch. There, of course, is a lot of room to grow, but just with it being a relatively young team with a lot of newcomers, especially 
Um, I, I don't think the expectations should be too high for this team right now. You mentioned last year how it got off to a slow start um, before kind of hitting its stride in conference play. So, you know, really, Clint, nobody should be hitting the panic button right now, right? I agree. I totally agree. You know, and um, there's a lot of new faces, right? And uh, not only uh, new faces trying to gel together, but then also um, trying to make sure they're playing uh, the way that, that Coach Tang and the staff wants them to play. So there's a lot of learnings from the coaching staff and the players, the players and the players, um, you know, and, and, and that, that's that's what this part of the season is for as well, right? I mean, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, the, the kids get on the same page and say, okay, this is how Coach Tang wants us to play. This is how we should be playing every single night. Um, they get on the same page with each other on, you know, who who's getting the shots and in what spots are they getting the shots and where's going to be their opportunity uh, to help to help the team win. And so, um, you know, that that's what the conference, the non-conference season is for. And so hopefully once we hit the conference season, um, next it'll be hitting our stride and, and making some uh, good progress forward. Naquan Tomlin's back with the team on the bench. He hasn't played yet, but it, it would appear that his retu- return is coming, you know, probably sooner rather than later. Uh, what would a guy like Naquan Tomlin bring back to this roster, but also without him, how do you think this team has navigated, you know, playing without one of their stars returning from last year? Yeah, and you have to remember. I mean, he's like I said, he, he's a he's a player that um, brings a lot to the table. Um, you know, he, he brings a lot of the intangible things, um, makes makes plays. Um, you know, he's long, lengthy, um, so he can get up and, and block shots on the defensive end. I think he's really going to help us defensively. Um, offensively, he can step out and shoot the three. Um, you know, can slash to the basket. And so, when you really think about us not having, you know, one of our um, as we were coming into the season, you know, projected starters and leaders, you know, on on our team, um, and to start off at at five and two, and um, you, you know, and have an opportunity to come back against Miami and and make that a game, and and and, and obviously in Southern California, uh, we would have loved to have Naquan. I think it would have really helped us in, in that game as well. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to you know whenever he's uh, available to to come back and able to come back. I think it's really going to boost the team, uh, but at the same time, right, it's another player that um, you know got to kind of integrate into the new players that we have right and so um, there might be a you know a little bit of a rocky just kind of him getting back in and filling his way to how he played last year and what the expectation is for him this year and the guys that have been playing you know it might okay maybe I don't get as many shots or I need to change my role a little bit because now we have Naquan back in the lineup Um, so you know there might be a little bit of learning there but I think it's going to be a great boost for the team overall. With the Bahamas, and it sucks, my tan is finally starting to wear off, but uh, with the Bahamas, those two games that were played down there, obviously a big overtime win over Providence. Um, with the Miami game, were you more concerned about the, the first half struggles that this team had or maybe more optimistic about the way that that team battled and rallied around, around those fans in the second half of that game and gave Miami a run for its money? Yeah, well, you know, more optimistic. I think, you know, the first half we didn't make shots. I mean, and really the entire game, you know, I think we shot four for uh, 28 or so from three. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we didn't make shots. And, and Miami, you know, it, 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 <laughs> it, was, it was hard for me to watch, you know, but Nigel Pack made shots. Right, <laughs> you know? right. So uh, he came out and played a fantastic game for them, you know. And so when you when you put that uh, into perspective and then you look at how we battled back in the second half and you say, okay, well, wait, if we, you know, don't shoot four for 28 from three and, and we shoot, um, you know, even I think for the season we're shooting about 33%. So we shoot 33% from three and it's a totally different basketball game, you know. And so, um, you know, and, and – as well you know you see the kids don't they didn't give up you know and that's that's the biggest thing you know even though we got down and we weren't playing well in the first half didn't make shots uh, they, they stuck together um, and they continue to fight continue to battle 
Um, and that's what got us back in the game in the second half. And then obviously had an opportunity to, uh, you know, get pretty close to, to winning it. So, um, you know, it, sometimes the ball doesn't fall the, the way you want it to, um, but but you still have to find other ways to to, to get stops or, or other ways to score the basketball, get to the free throw line or what it might be. And I thought in the second half, we really picked up our intensity. Um, and then those were good things that we can carry on moving forward. Tuesday's game against Oral Roberts went to overtime. That's another one where you can be like, okay, hey, shouldn't be going to overtime with this team, but Jerome Tang remains undefeated in overtime games in his career at Kansas State. So that's another one of those games where you can go, hey, glass half full or, you know, glass half empty, but depending on how you look at it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and like I said, it's one where you, you would think, you know, we're at home. And, and so, you know, maybe we, we, we win by – seven, eight, 10, whatever it might be. Um, but, but, or Roberts came out and they, they shot the ball really well, you know, and, and, and a couple guys, uh, when their kids had five threes and, and, you know, really, really shot it well and, and made it a game and hats off to them. I'm sure they were really pumped up and get an opportunity to play in the octagon of doom. And, um, and, and so uh, they played well, you know, so hats off to them, but it was good to see that we, we found a way to win, you know? And so even, um, when the other team probably played almost as, as well as they could have, um, you know, our, our guys stuck together and, and found a way to win. And at this point in time in the season, you know, a win is a win. And then in any, any part point in time in the season, like you just, just win. And so um, it was good to see that we did that. You're a former player, current coach. And so I want to ask you in K-State, so they've mentioned how they practice these end game situations all the time. Um, and that's why, you know, they credit that, perfect record in overtime to those uh you know at the, to that emphasis in practice and so what do you think that that really entails in practice how do you simulate um an end of game situation like that if that makes sense yeah well uh, when, when you you know as coaches you always talk about um the next possession you always talk about how important each possession is uh, when you get down to the overtime you know it's truly each possession is so important because you can't get down, you know, five, you don't want to get down five, six points. I mean, you want to keep it a one score game um, as much as possible to, to give yourself a chance to win. And so, um, you know, it just heightens up the intensity, the focus, the, the, the details are really important at that point in time, um, executing offensively, you know, as well as uh, executing the game plan defensively. So now it's like, all right, over time, let's reset and let's figure out what have they done well, right? And, and, and what they've done well, is that because we're not executing our scouting report or is that because we are executing our scouting point and, and scouting report and they they just made shots that we actually wanted them to take, right? And so um, those small details, I think, is, is what's really helped uh, K-State. And if you know Coach Tang, he's really big on the details. Um, and, and so you can see that uh, just shining through our players when they get in those situations uh, when it comes down to, to being in overtime and having to go figure out a way to go win. Last year, it was pretty much Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson in the final moments of any game. The ball was going to be in their hands. Uh, you know, Tyler Perry on Tuesday had a big and one three-pointer uh, near the end of that game, I believe, in the end of regulation to, to, to get that game going to overtime, right? David Gasson, he had a couple buckets in overtime against Providence. You know, Arthur Kaluma had an and one in overtime against uh you know, or Roberts that got them over the hump. So this team, it, it really does seem like there's guys, multiple guys, not just the superstars, but four or five different guys in that mix that can go out and get you those timely buckets. And uh, it really says a lot about the depth on this team. 
Yeah, it really does, you know, and and one of the guys that you didn't even mention that I've been really impressed with is, is Day Day Ames. I, mean, I think he's just played, uh, you know, fantastic as, as a freshman yeah. uh, c- coming in and handling the basketball and make, making shots, um, you know, and I love his, his poise. I also love his, I mean, he has a, a little bit of stuff about him too, like let's go, you know, and I, and I love it. And so um, I've seen multiple guys stepping up and, and being able to, to step in and make plays uh, for this team. And then when you talk about adding someone like Naquan at some point in time, that's just another guy that can make plays, um, you know, and, and be counted upon uh, when, when we have to. And so um, it, when you have that, it really keeps the the other team, you know, off balance because, you know, now, now they don't know who the ball is going to go to. Right. And so you, they can't just game plan and say, okay, we know, you know, it's overtime situation. This person's going to get the basketball. It's well, it might be, Tyler Perry. Well, it might be Arthur. Well, you know, it, it might be Day uh, Day. You know, or it could could be anybody. And so, um, you know, it might be Cam Carter. You know, even he might hit a big bucket. And so, um, you know, it just keep, keeps the other team off balance. And, and it's always nice when you have multiple options uh, on the offensive end. I'm glad you mentioned Day Day Ames. I wanted to go there and talk about the the guard position with Tyler Perry as well. And the North Texas transfer, he struggled in first halves of games that's no secret but he's found he's finding ways to kick it up a notch in in the the waning moments of games when it matters most so there's a lot to unpack here and I don't know how to get it into words really but first of all do you think that Day-Day Ames should be playing the one more to have Tyler Perry be on the two and and let Tyler just be more of a scorer or do you think that this team is at its best when Tyler Perry if he can eventually get there be that Marquise Noel type facilitator who can also score the basketball well I think I think we have multiple options and um you know I I think you really could go either way depending upon how the game flow is you know and so um you know when, when you have Tyler and obviously Tyler's um you know, with the ball in hand and coming off ball screens and, and, and making shots, then you want the ball in his hand, you know, more so than not. Um, but, you know, Data Ames brings a different dimension as well, and he's very quick with the basketball. Um, and early on, he's been making some really good decisions, and, and that could free Tyler up for coming off of off-ball screens, right, or, or being spotted up um, and being able to stretch the floor, which might not only – you know, be good for him, but him being stretching the floor might help someone else get open, like Arthur being able to drive a gap. Um, and, and so, you know, it really gives us both options. You know, I think it's it's kind of too early to tell, you know, which direction might might be better at this point in time. Um, but it's nice to have both depending upon the game flow and how, you know, how, how guys are playing, right? Because if there's a game where, where Tyler is struggling late, then, okay, let's put the ball maybe in Day-Day's hands and then maybe Tyler still spaces the floor because they're still going to guard. They're not going to say, oh, you're struggling, so, you, you know, we're going to leave you open, right? But that might open it up for someone else or if he's he's really making shots and then he's you know coming off that ball screen he's rolling then hey we got to feed him and keep keep him going because uh, we, we know he can heat up very very quickly and uh, and it's nice for everybody quest glover is going to be back probably within the next month and certainly by the time conference play starts so that adds add you know that adds another wrinkle into things especially just with ames and perry um you were high on ames i'm high on him as well but there's only so many pieces of that pie to go around so <laughs> Is Ames as the freshman, is he just kind of get kind of going to get the short end of the stick, assuming that that Glover is all that he's been said to be? Or do you believe as the you know, as a coach, do you think there's a you've you just gotta find a way to get Ames involved? Yeah, and, and I, I think you, you have to find a way to, to get him involved and, and maybe he's not playing as many minutes, um, but 
Um, you know, as long as he has a distinct role for when he comes into the game and he knows what his role is um, and his responsibility when he's in the game, you know, I think he can continue to play well. I mean, then keep his confidence high because, um, you know, as we've seen, um, you know, it can be anybody's number could be called and you want to make sure that he's confident when his number is called to, to play well, play to his best, the best of his ability um, and be able to produce. So, uh, you know, like I said, Quez Glover, um, from, from what we know, is, is, is a fantastic player and we're excited to to get him on the court, um, you know, you know, as soon as soon as we can. Um, and then, like, like I said, even adding back in uh, Naquan. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, when you talk about Day-Day being a, being a freshman, you know, as far as what he's done so far in these first seven games, um, I tell you, I, I've definitely been impressed, you know, and, and really impressed with, with how he's played and his poise and handling himself, handling the basketball, um, you know. But anytime you can add, you know, some some older guys that have already kind of been through the fire and, and, and things, especially as we start heading into Big 12 play, you know, after the, the first of the year, um, it's only going to make us better. Not that R.J. Jones and Michaela Bridge haven't been good because they've shown a lot of flashes this year, but just with Ames specifically, I've just been so impressed with his maturity. He's very poised on the court, especially as a guard. You know, it's a big transition to make playing in AAU games to now playing in, you know, basically K-State's played Power 5 opponents here right off the bat, and so he's he hasn't missed a beat, and so I don't want to take away from anything those other two freshmen have done, but Ames has just been tremendous. Um Clint will break down uh, Rich and Jones here after a quick a quick break here on the Friday Shootaround. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. He is Clint Stewart. We're sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. As always, be sure to check them out whenever you can. Uh, Clint, with, uh, with the freshman, we, we touched on Day-Day Ames and all the good that he's done. There's certainly been some growing pains for R.J. Jones and Michaela Britch. I guess let's just start with R.J. Jones. How do you assess his play and how he's progressing? Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think he's uh, along the lines where pro- probably most freshmen would kind of be at, right? I mean, he's still trying to figure out um, a l- little bit of, you know, kind of where he's going to get the ball, where he's going to get shots. Um, but he's been shooting it actually pretty well. You know, he's, I think he's nine for 23 from three. And so, you know, he's shooting at 39, 40% from three. Um, which is really good because he is a, a good shooter, you know, for us and be able to space the floor, um, you, you know, and I think as time goes on, he'll just become more and more comfortable. Um, you know, the, the only thing about it is we know when you get into Big 12, it becomes a bloodbath, you know, and so, um, you know, he just has to continue to, to gain his confidence and, and understand what the coaches want him to do um, when he gets out there, play as hard as he can, be lengthy, be long, defend, and make open shots, and that, those are things that he can do. Michaela Britch? Uh, Michaela, man, he's a he's a man child, <laughs> and uh, you know we we've seen flashes of 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 his man child ability, um, you know, and and um, you know when he gets out there, he just brings a I feel like he brings a toughness, um, you know, he's physical. Um, obviously, he can he can jump out the wazoo. I mean, um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, you know, I don't know what his vertical is, but. 
Uh, I think we need to go and get that on the charts of, is he touching the top <laughs> of the backboard or, or what? Cause um, he's just fun to watch, you know? And like I said, he just has to learn, um, you know, just get acclimated to, to the, to the college game a, a little bit more and kind of learn, um, you know, what, what he can do that that's really well to, to help us uh, succeed. And then like I said, we've seen him in flashes and when he gets underneath the basket, I mean, he, he, just bullies the bug <laughs> he gets into bully mode and and uh he's physical which is really good you know but i think as the season goes on you know some of the things he's gonna have to just work on is it's just his footwork and being able to really like wipe and uh you know maybe drive spin back you know pump fake and, and things of that nature um you know just given kind of his size you know and as we move into the big 12 but as a freshman like i said for him it's, it's all gravy man just learn keep learning get out there play as hard as you can and then so far i think he's been doing a good job Especially in a system like this, the coaches that he's going to be surrounded by, he's got the athleticism and, and all those other things are, are going to come, right? Yep, that's correct. Yep, that's so, it. Jones and Rich and Ames, of course, have played minutes over Dorian Finister and then sort of down low in the post. Taj Manning hasn't been involved, um, sat out the last couple of games for Kansas State. Uh, do you think that the expectations on those two players were just a little too high this year? I mean, they've... Uh, I mean, there's only, like I said earlier, there's only so many pieces of that pie to go around. Yeah, you know, and, and, and um, you know, you have to go grab a piece of the pie, you know, and, and that starts every single day in practice. And I don't know, you know, what's going on, obviously, in, in practice. But I hope they're not uh, discouraged. I hope they're, they're encouraged in knowing that, uh, you know, the coaches obviously are going to play the, the guys that they think should be playing and then the best players that are putting it every single day in practice. And, and then obviously they got to go out there and, and do it on the floor in the game time. So um, the, the, the biggest thing though, is, is, you know, when it comes to a basketball team is um, you need everybody locked in. And so if you're someone like Dorian or, or someone like Taj, you know, whether you're getting the minutes um, that, that you think you might, you know, want or, or, or deserve or not um, you know there's still a role for you on the team and your job for one is to get better every single day um, come in with the right attitude to do that because that's how you're going to earn your minutes um, and, and, and two, push those other players around you so um, and, and when you're trying to push other players around you that's also how you can try to step up and, and move up that pecking order right and so um, you just have to have the right attitude every single day and hopefully those guys are, are doing that and um, they're continuing to, to improve and get better and then who knows, you know, you always got to be ready, you know, when it comes to college basketball or really any sport, um, you know, you never know when your number is going to be called um, due to, you know, injuries or for unforeseen things. And so you always have to stay ready and then just know when coach calls your number, it's time to go out there and, and produce. So hopefully they have, they're locked in on that. So I'm curious, you're the coach, you're the former coach, I should say of, of K-State commit David Castillo, who on this roster through seven games has reminded you the most of, of Castillo. Oh man. <laughs> um, I mean, I've obviously I've known David since he was three, four years old and seen him play for a long time. Um, man, I would go with day day personally. I mean, the way day day plays and, 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 you know, day day to me and watching day day, he looks very free and, and when he, when he's playing and then, um, you know, and, and brings brings a lot of energy with, with the basketball um, and, and is aggressive in spots, obviously can handle the basketball really well. He's really, to me, I, I you know, I've been really impressed with him shooting it. I think he's really shot it, you know, better than what I um, kind of expected. And so, um, you know, I, I would agree. And, and I'd, I'd say as well, you know, and, and David, I know David is um, obviously at Sunrise and, and, and he's play, playing really well. I'm um, actually played uh, – 
uh, just the other night and got a chance to watch him, but he's been playing really well. Um, he's excited to, to get up there to K-State and excited to play with, um, obviously, the younger guys that he knows will be there, you know, next year. And um, he's, he's ready to get going there. So he has to finish up this one year, but uh, he's excited to get up there with those guys and, uh, you know, keep, keep it going. Jerome Tang lets his guards play with a lot of freedom. That's no secret. And so I think we can't stress this enough that this is also a part of that learning curve, this team getting better over time, something that's not going to happen overnight. Uh, You know, there's many aspects of getting better, but also as a point guard, as a, a shooting guard, whoever that may be with the guards, creating those or committing those turnovers, making those mistakes, maybe not taking the open shot or taking too many shots right. That's all just going to come with repetition, especially when you're facing such quality opponent that that K-State has had. So we can't state that enough, right, Clint, that that's just something that's another part of this learning process early on in the season. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and, and Tang preaches, um, you know, his players playing with joy and, and, and freedom. And, and, um, and sometimes, you know, you, you, as a coach, you know, um, you know, the players have to fill that out and they have to learn and you have to let them learn so then they can be better in understanding how, how to play that way. And so I think that's what you're seeing, you know, obviously here early on is, is Tang is letting them learn, you know, and he knows that, um, you know, we're going to reap the benefits of that, you know, later as we move into the big 12 season and our players are loose, they're ready to play and they're playing with joy. They're playing with freedom um, because when they have that kind of confidence, I, I think then it just helps them, um, in the game of making shots, like they believe in it, right? And then they're not worried about, oh, if I miss this shot, is coach going to take me out? Oh, if I make this turnover, is coach going to take me out? You know, we talk about as, as coaches, most most coaches like aggressive turnovers. Like if you're trying to make a play yeah. and you make and you make a turnover and it's an aggressive turnover and maybe you throw it out of bounds because you got downhill and the big circle under you try to hit the big and it just it, nah, just was a little bit off and it goes out of bounds. Those are the plays we, we you know, you want kids to try to make versus just being up top and being lazy with the basketball, right? And so, um, as you see, you know, Tang wants his team, you know, getting downhill, trying to make aggressive turnovers and you can live with those. Just can't live with the lackadaisical ones or, or the ones where you're just not locked in and not detailed, right? And so the more they play with joy and freedom early on now, I think it's just going to benefit us as we move into the Big 12 season. I'm not sure if you saw Jerome Tang's comments about Arthur Kaluma, maybe after the second or third game of the year, said that he needed to buy in more. A little vague about it. That's all he said. Left us all wondering a little bit. But since then, Tang has stated that his his, his buy-in has came. Kaluma certainly appears to be playing you know, a bit better now than he was to start the season. I think he's probably letting the game come to him um, compared to those first few games, Clint. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that's what Tang was alluding to is the don't press, you know, and, and, and I, and I, you know, Arthur uh, coming in as a transfer and, and how well he played at Creighton and, and obviously coming in with, um, you know, a lot of uh, expectation, you know, and, and so, you know, I'm sure for, for even for him, you know, it's probably like, okay, I got to come in and I need to impress and I need to do these things. And, and that's what I think we kind of felt he's just pressing a little bit. Right. And, and Tang was, you know, alluding to, Hey, let it, let it come. We, we know you're a great player. You know, we, we know that we want you playing your game and not don't, don't get out of your game because when you get out of your game, that that's usually when you don't, you know, you're not playing your best. Right. And so um, as you've seen lately, it feels like he's been letting it come and, and, and he's been getting to spots where he can score the basketball, but making good decisions. Um, and of course he has the ability to step out and shoot it as well. And so um, he's going to make sure, you know, you're shooting, shooting good shots and not just forcing shots up. Kaluma has been he's been really good, but he's also been a little inconsistent in the beginning half of the year. Um, but you know, overall, he's been fine. But that, you know, beginning portion of the year did happen. Tyler Perry, we mentioned his first half struggles. Uh, those have been a little frustrating. Right. So 
this leads me to my point about Cam Carter. Of all the players, all the, the preseason expectations, especially for the stars on the team, in my opinion, Carter's really the one that has lived up to to all of those expectations. He's scoring the ball. He's still playing solid defense, uh, facilitating. You know, I think he had a double-double, his first career double-double on Tuesday against Oral Roberts. And so if there's one MVP through seven games, in my mind, it's Cam Carter. Yeah, and, and he's he's been making shots from the outside. Um, he's he's been aggressive. Uh, he's been able to, to drive the basketball at the rim as well and get to the free throw line. Um, you know, and so it's been really good to see. I think the Earl Roberts game. He he started off you know really hot for us, and then you know had I don't know seven, eight, maybe eleven points like early on and eleven points. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. five so, minutes. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So you know he he's been great, and you know and it's been it's been good to just see him take that step forward. And I'm sure you know he's he's looking around and said, hey, I I've been here, you know, and so he knows the expectation from Tang, um, and you know he knows just the opportunity now to to step up and lead. You know, not only on the offensive end, but I think with just being vocal and then also guarding on on the defensive end. And so um, it's been good to see, you know, him just take that step forward and, and hopefully he can continue to play well um, as we move on down the season. So K-State played against USC in Vegas. You get Providence and Miami in the Bahamas. So there hasn't been a marquee game inside of Bramwich Coliseum yet. Villanova comes to town early next week. Um, I guess, I, you know, that's kind of a loaded question here, but how much can you learn about yourself? But also this is going to be the first time that, that the Octagon of Doom will be rocking all year long. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big game, you know, and and you'll get a chance to to see kind of where we're at against, um, you know, obviously a really good good team. Um, I'm glad we're playing them at you know at our place. I think it'll be a packed house. Um, it'll be a lot of fun, uh, good atmosphere, you know, and and so um, you know it's the Big Twelve against the Big East, and and you know we got to represent the Big Twelve, and so it's a, it'll be a good game, you know. I think we're gonna have to come out and hopefully we can jump on them early and, and not have to play from behind, you know, especially when you think about us having, uh, you know, being at the home court advantage and having the crowd, you know, we, we want the crowd in it early, right? And so you can come out and jump on them early and make them play catch up, and you know, and then they're fighting against the crowd. I think that'll be be really good for us. So we just got to be ready, got to be relaxed, play free have fun um you know and obviously got to make some shots early as well any concerns with the freshman jones ames or rich or even a guy like perry who's never played at a power five atmosphere at you know at home before is there any concerns with those guys maybe coming out emotionally drunk from the opening tip yeah, you know, and 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 there and there could be. I mean, for them, I'm sure that's going to you know feel like and is you know the the, the biggest game they played, um, obviously in the K State uniform so far. And so, um, you know, but you hope that they can calm their nerves early. And and a lot of times that can happen on the defensive end. Like you know, you might be a little bit more nervous on the offensive end where when you're shooting the basketball, maybe rushing shots. Um, you know, I thought uh, kind of similar to when we played USC to Southern California. I thought. We were kind of rushing, you know, shots first game of the season and then a little nerves and, and things. And so, um, but on the defensive end, that's really where you can get calmed down, just lock into the game plan and guarding, you know. And, and so, uh, hopefully they can do that. You know, one thing about Perry, um, didn't, didn't even mention, but, um, you know, he him getting acclimated to Coach Tang and how Coach Tang, you know, wants to play. He comes, comes from a system at, at uh, North Texas that I believe was like the, the lowest uh, possession per game system, you know, and yeah. he was really efficient, right? So it was a lot more slow the ball down, you know, walk it up, run our sets, you know, and then kind of score at the end of the shot clock. And he played tremendously in that system. And now he's in a different system where it's like, hey, we want you pushing the basketball and playing faster and get more possessions, you know? And so he has to kind of change his mindset and what it's been over, over the last year or two years, you know, to a different system. And so I think we kind of have seen a 
little bit of those struggles and you just hope he continues to get more and more comfortable um, in, 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 in Tang's system and in how Tang wants him to play. Um, and so hopefully, like I said, we'll see that over the next next few games and, and over into the Big 12 season. So, um, you know, it's different. The vanilla uh, Villanova game, you know, it's going to be fast early. You, you know, it's going to be up and down. Um, and like we just want to settle in and then play our game. Clint, we'll wrap it up with this. If we just take a step back after seven games here, relative to your expectations before the season, are you satisfied? Are you unhappy? Is this where you thought this team would be? How do you feel after these first seven games? Yeah, I think I think it's been good, you know, and, and you know, we're five and two and, um, you know, played Miami really, really tough. Um, you know, the, the USC game right out the gate. I mean, I thought it was, it was a tough game, a really tough matchup, you know, and their freshmen played really well, their guards, um, you know, and so – I think we're sitting at a good spot. You know, I think for us, you know, you'd like to see us limit our turnovers a little bit, um, you know, down. And, and if we can do that, you know, shoot the ball maybe a little bit better. Right now we're shooting about 33% from three, which which isn't bad, but we've taken, you know, a lot. We take a lot of outside shots, so you want to be able to knock those down. Um, we continue to do that. Um, you know, I think we'll, we'll be great. So I like where we're at, but um, it's a tough stretch coming. You know, I think we're going to know uh, exactly, you know, how uh, where we are as we head into the Big 12 season, you know, as we look at, uh, the, the Villanova game, you know, I think we have Wichita State, um, we have um, uh, Nebraska, um, you know, and so, you know, a, a lot of Power 5 schools right here, uh, back to back to back, you know, and, and so got to get ready to go play. Clint, as always, appreciate your time, and hopefully we don't have a, a month-long hiatus from show to show moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate it. Always uh, love doing it. It's good. Yeah, hopefully we'll be back very soon here on the Friday Shootaround. Real quick, if you're not subscribing to Go Power Cat, be sure to do so. We just had a sale, a Black Friday sale. You did miss out on that, but there's still never been a, a better time to be a member at Go Power Cat. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure you're liking, subscribing, and leaving a comment. But like I said, hopefully we'll be back soon, uh, quicker than a month break we had last time here on the Friday Shootaround. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.